I'm a firm believer that China is going to be reached by the Chinese. Iran's going to be reached by Iranians. Um, it's the indigenous folks who understand their culture and where God is moving. I believe that that's where um, that's where the expertise lives, and that's where the passion uh, lives for for their people. And so, for us to come in and believe that we've got some some expertise of our own that trumps what what they know, I think is arrogant. Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to hard places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Ken Pfeiffer. Ken is the missions pastor at Bent Tree Bible Fellowship in Carrollton, Texas. And Bent Tree Bible Fellowship believes in missions in a big way. They have many different opportunities for their members to engage in. But along with those options comes the importance of helping each member find the right fit. I asked Ken to share how he helps match members with the right missions opportunities for them. Yeah, so we, we really do a, a very purposeful way of keeping it in front of people, not just um, the various ways that they can travel and do those sorts of things. That's part of it. But we really want people to be engaged in understanding what's happening around them and uh, what these partners are doing and how they can be involved in, in praying and being involved in um the strategies themselves and being fluent in what these ministries are doing. So uh, that, that's first and foremost. We really want a, a fluency uh, of folks with the, the areas that we're investing in uh, financially and with our uh, with our time and, uh, and our other resources. So <clears throat> with that, we do send teams to places, but we're we're uh, we're, we're kind of selective with how we do that. So instead of doing a lot of um, uh, real general calls, what we look for is to help people understand what their giftings are, spiritual giftings, and also what uh, <clears throat> just their general giftings are, how they're wired in places where they can plug in. And we talk to our partners and ask them, what is it that you need? What is it that um, that your folks on the ground there, uh, in whatever indigenous setting there is, whether it's local or if it's in another country, that, uh, that aren't being met, that you see a church can step in and partner alongside you that you would lead us in that way and so what we do then is we find ways we can stand in gaps and we pair that up with folks who have a specific spiritual gifting or a wiring or skills in some way that they can come in and meet those needs so it's really incumbent upon us to find out what are those areas and how can we get to know our folks uh, enough and, and really help them understand our ministries enough to where they find out where they're passionate, where the Lord's leading them, uh, how he's given them a heart for a specific part of the world or for a specific people group or a specific type of ministry. Um, and with those areas, it, it gives us a good indication of uh, how to allocate and steward our resources and our people. Mm-hmm. That's great. So as as your people become more exposed to the opportunities offered and more understanding of sort of what their passions are and what their uh, their giftings are, as you kind of walk them through that and help come alongside them with that, how do you help them then find their very specific role in missions? 
so we'll have good uh, specific conversations with them. So we'll we'll sit down with them and really try to uncover what it is that they uh, they're sensing the Lord uh, revealing in their hearts and then their passions and try to find a crossroads for folks in where their their passion and their uh, their skill sets intersect and combine that with the needs of the ministries and those areas where we're being asked to step in. And in that way, um, those roles that uh, that are revealed to us at that point, we'll, we'll be able to match people up in that way. Um, and it's, it's not always um, extremely uh, evident right up front. There's not a lot of folks who have a, you know, kind of the road to Damascus experience where it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, super clear right out the gate. Uh, but right. we find that many people, when they really seek uh, what the Lord's asking, um, then then it becomes pretty apparent. The Lord uh, shapes their heart and moves them in a direction. And we found that through uh, through countless folks here who really ended up going in a direction they, they really had no sense beforehand that they would ever be involved with. Why do you feel like it's critical that um, that each individual finds their own specific role in missions rather than just, you know, the church offering, these are the missions opportunities that we have, find something, get involved, go for it. Why do you, why do you feel it's so important that each individual gets engaged in something that's, that's specifically, uh, they're gifted for, um, and, and you move them in that direction? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's like, um, it's like anything when, when you're passionate about something, you personally own something, have, have skin in the game, so to speak in that way. And you've got a, um, I guess a churchy way to put it is that you're evangelistic about something on your own, then mm-hmm. that becomes uh, very natural for you to step into and you're not having to be convinced of uh, your, your, uh, your need to be involved or your value in that. You can see your value in it and you can see um, the impact that you can have and it becomes less of trying to convince someone of that and more of uh, just really finding the opportunities for them. So the more we're able to, to help people understand themselves, how God's wired them, and uh, just reveal the opportunities that we've got out there and help them to see those, uh, that that's where the clarity really starts to set in, rather than just give them a menu uh, to, to say, hey, what, what looks good to you? Uh, when, when folks understand themselves and how God's wired them, uh, that really becomes uh, helpful. So some examples of that we've got uh, in, in a local setting. We've got many things that we do. That we have uh, three specific things, strategies that we we focus on with uh, homeless, uh, with hunger, and with human trafficking. So, mm-hmm. and within each of those, we'll have different ministries who will focus on different things. Human trafficking being an example, um, where there's some very practical ways that people can step in and help with. Uh, uh, collecting items, for example, for uh, for the ministries to use to help with uh, particularly the girls uh, who were rescued. Or on the legal side of things, we've got lawyers who will step in. We've got doctors who will step in and help with uh, medical needs that are that are, that are needed. Rather than just saying, uh, you know, a statement that's true, that human trafficking is horrible. It's, it's a, uh, in our area, in Dallas, it's nearely a $100 million mm-hmm. a year industry. Oh, and so, so wow. giving those kinds of stats, it's important to do that, but mm. um, it becomes an every man's challenge is no man's challenge kind of a situation where you just overwhelm people with a problem or with the 
uh, with the need rather than drilling down and saying, hey, if, if you're if, if you can see my face, if you can hear my voice, I'm talking to you. God has an area for you to step in this and here are the places. So where is it that you you see yourself and uh, all these opportunities we've got to get involved in this? So human trafficking uh, being one of those examples where, yeah, not everyone's a lawyer, uh, but there are other areas where um, when we get to the vault where they can collect uh, hygiene um, um, pieces for uh, for ministries or they can um, mm-hmm. be involved in a counseling. They can help with uh, a fundraising for a, a, you know, a golf tournament that we do to raise awareness or mm-hmm. uh, post flyers places or so all that to say that it's, it's, it's really uh, on our part to provide as many on ramps and educate folks enough to where they can see uh, and drill it down to where they can find their involvement. So as you've helped people uh, engage in missions and outreach by finding their specific role and stepping into that um, and kind of that intersection between what they're passionate about and what grabs their heart and what God's gifted them uh, to do, um, what are some some specific stories of how lives have been impacted because of that? Yeah, so... um couple of uh, specific ways uh, we've got uh, ministry in uh, Cambodia and we work with a, a ministry there and you know it's 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 far away obviously and instead of just you know asking for all hands to you know who wants to go to travel to Cambodia and, and see uh, the mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. we have uh, we follow the ministry's lead and what they've asked for and so uh, in recent years, they've asked us for teams to come in and help with uh, financial, uh, kind of a financial piece sort of a, a program, but it's, it's, it's one that's uh, tailored for, uh, for Cambodians. And so people okay. who have experience in, um, uh, with, with that sort of uh, program are asked to come mm-hmm. in from a biblical standpoint and teach uh, that program to folks to help them save. And uh, even though they're, they're folks who don't have a whole lot, what they have, they're able uh, to save and see the value uh, in that. And what's happened as a result of you, is you see um, pockets of communities and places uh, start to uh, be able to, to, to start small businesses of their own, be able to uh, give uh, and in places where you think, how, how do they give? I don't know how they eat. But they, they start to understand the principles uh, behind um, their finances uh, from folks who have had some experience in that and uh, have been asked to come in and share some of those things. The Cambodians themselves are able to contextualize it into what works and what makes sense in their culture to take those principles. And then they're able to use that to, to make a difference there. And as a result, they get favor within their community. And that gives them an open door then to have spiritual conversations with people that they wouldn't have had before. So it gives them a, a, an evangelistic opening uh, with, you know, a lot of times leaders in the community. And so uh, you'll see entire communities transformed and starting to uh, be open to the gospel that never would have before because of um, the use of someone coming in to give some financial training, uh, something that didn't seem like uh, would be you know, just on paper. You got to go get and do some financial 
uh, workshops and you, you're telling me that that's going to open the door for the gospel, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you really start to unpack it from folks and you see the residual effects of that, it's it's powerful. So that that that's one example. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- there are others where uh, we have students who are involved. So uh, here at at Bittree, one of the unique things about us is we do a vacation Bible school like uh, most churches have some form of that or another. Ours is different in in the sense that uh, our, our church is very uh, uh, heavily focused on fine arts in many ways. And so we call ours Fine Arts Day Camp. And uh, mm-hmm. during the week, uh, the kids will spend a lot of time um, you know, learning about uh, film and, and music and art and those Love sorts it. of things. And at the end of the week, uh, the kids put on a performance of, of a musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all that to say that many of our most of the uh, kids who grow up the youth who grew up in our church have been through Fine Arts Day Camp for years. So mm-hmm. um, an example in Cuba and Guatemala, but I'll use Cuba as an example. Uh, we went there and talked to their leadership and asked them this ministry, what is it that you need that you're looking for? And they told us a way to reach our youth, a way to, to really have a, a way to grab mm-hmm. them and to um, you know track them to the gospel. So we pitched this idea, and Cuba is very much a, a what's beautiful place. It's rich in culture and art, and so we we told them about what we did here and asked them, would it bring value to you for us to bring students who've been through this to train and help your students, um, some of your youth, uh, to see how this looks and put on uh, one of these camps? And so they love the idea. And so that's what we, we did. We brought students down who had already experienced this as, as, you know, as youth themselves and started uh, showing uh, the Cubans there how this works. And not for the sake of us running it, but for the sake of showing them this is how you do it. And then they own it and they do it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not Americans putting this on, but it's, it's, it's the Cubans <laughs> who do it. And so mm-hmm. – um, the result of that is you had hundreds of kin- kids who were coming in from outside community. And, and Cuba's, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not a free country, and, a, and but there's there's buildings and places where you're allowed to have this kind of activity in, inside. Mm-hmm. And we had a few hundred kids who participated that week. A number of them came to Christ, and when they did the performance at the end of the week, parents came and filled the building. And we saw a number, <laughs> of, them, a number of them trust Christ as well. So... Um, that's an example of how God used um, just us uh, asking them, what is it you need? And then us looking at, okay, here's how we're, um, how we're wired, what we believe we can offer. And, um, you know, God, God using that. I love how Ken and Bentry take what God is doing in their church locally and then use that to impact others around the world. Uh, We'll get back to our conversation with Ken after this brief message from One Child. Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end. And it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future. A way to get there and the courage to try. 
and it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org partnership. It's apparent that Bent Tree Bible Fellowship values working through local churches in the countries where they serve in order to allow those churches to take the lead in their own communities. I asked Ken why this is such a critical value for them. Yeah, you you mentioned it before, you know, that they, they are the experts in their areas. And I'm a firm believer that China is going to be reached by the Chinese. Iran's going to be reached by Iranians. Um, the, the, the indigenous folks who understand their culture and where God is moving, I believe that that's where um, that's where the expertise lives, and that's where the passion uh, lives for for their people. And so, for us to come in and believe that we've got some some expertise of our own that trumps what what they know, I think is arrogant. Um, so we wouldn't want to do that. Um, and I think we can do a lot of damage if we do. Uh, the Western Church as a whole uh, has an unfortunate history of, of doing that, uh, even well-intentioned things um, where uh, you just assume a leadership role because uh, it's believed that, you know, in our, because our country is uh, more prosperous than another, that uh, they'll be blessed to have us. And so we, mm. we, we, uh, we don't lead in places that we go. Uh, we, we partner and we defer to their leadership and uh, we ask them to lead us in, in places where we have something that uh, to offer that uh, that they're asking for. And if we can't, uh, we don't have something to offer, uh, then we try to find someone who can. Um, so that's that's our hope and our goal with that. And, and it's, it's, it, it's, it's the Lord's um, purpose and his doing is the work of the Holy Spirit. And they've got a savior and we're not him. Uh, so we want to be sure that that's uh, what we're doing is just stewarding the resources and the opportunity the Lord gives us. What are some specific things that you um, have to be very conscious of um, as you guys plan to partner with these ministries and these or, these churches in these countries so that you don't fall into sort of historical patterns of, of the Americans coming in there with all the answers to fix that not only do we have those patterns, but a lot of times uh, churches and believers in these other countries have sort of been, tr- been conditioned to, to uh, think that way and approach approach things that way what are some of the pitfalls that you've had to be very conscious of as you as you make those those moves into those those projects in those countries yeah no you hit it right on the head there's um we've had to had a lot of had had to have a lot of conversations hard conversations with ministries that you know our 
are bringing uh, teams in or doing things is not uh, in an effort to um, it, our relationship with you. And in fact, whether or not we bring a team is not uh, our, our financial um, uh, partnership with you is not contingent upon that. So in other words, it's not a we don't have the need to be entertained in, in some way or to be kept busy or, uh, and I believe a lot of uh, international organizations in particular have been conditioned that in order to stay in the favor of a church or to continue to receive financial support in particular, that they've got to provide some sort of an opportunity to, uh, to, to involve teams, whether it's needed or not. And a lot of times it's mm -hmm. not. It's just providing, you know, a, goodness, we've all heard the example of, you know, how many times has that painted, uh, that has that, that's been painted, um, right. or how many, you know, those sorts of things that, um, that, that just are, are damaging. And also for the organization itself, um, they, they become conditioned that that's the only way we can keep the church interested. So uh, a lot of hard conversation. We've actually had to uh, step away from a couple of uh, partnerships that, uh, uh, frankly, just just weren't able to turn that corner, um, so we had to step into some other places. We were able to say, you know what, we, if we never send another team, uh, we're still with you because we believe in the mission and the focus and the scope of what you're doing. So please don't don't feel like you got to, um, you know, that, that we've got to to have a presence over there physically. I'd rather invest in your ministry and the strategy there um, than have 10 people raise 40 grand to come over and see it and be a part of something there that you really don't need us there for. So um, if you were to sit down with the missions pastor of a church, maybe he's just he or she are just moving into that role um, or it's maybe even the lead pastor of a church that's in the process of, of adding to their pastoral staff to, um, bring in a missions pastor or something like that and give them one piece of advice about helping the individual members in their church find their specific role. What piece of advice would you give them? I would ask them, this is going to sound, um, boy, super, um, super canned, but I would <laughs> ask them to, to get on their knees and seek the Holy spirit to reveal to them, um, Man, I have never been disappointed in asking the Spirit to lay someone on my heart. Um, and that is, uh, that's never been an unanswered prayer. And, and look around them as to who the Lord has placed around them. Um, we, we've got, uh, folks from all over the world who cross our paths in the offices and, uh, you know, in our everyday lives, um, that, I, I've got a particular heart for the country of Iran uh, for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I find uh, just here in the Dallas area, there's a, there's a very large Persian community. Mm. And so um, I don't have to go there to be involved with that. And so we, we do a lot of work with that region of the world. Uh, we see the Lord doing a lot of uh, incredible things there. Um, but God just, I asked for a burden uh, for, for people. And boy, he put that on my heart. And so I'd say that that would be it. And for a pastor, uh, a lead pastor or a missions pastor in particular, I'd say listen to the people. Listen to your folks. Is there an mm. area? Look at the demographics of your area around you and your church and, and see, you know, 
What's the makeup? What are people passionate about? What are they all? What's already there? Rather than uh, going out and trying to look for something, look at what you already have, and and talk to people and ask them. Um, because I, I think that um, I think God's already put burdens on people's hearts, and uh, some of those things become clear quickly, and uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, of effort to find those things. and Bentry are doing so many things right when it comes to their mission's focus. Here are three things that really stand out to me. First, they understand that each member of Bentry has a unique gift and calling. It's not about trying to squeeze a member into a program. It's about helping them find their right fit. Second, the churches and communities Bentry serves in aren't one size fits all either. Bentry works to find ways to support and strengthen the local churches in these countries, and they're okay with stepping away if they don't see um, how they can help without hurting. And then finally, this approach requires both Ken and Bentry and the churches and communities and countries that they serve in to take time to really let the Holy Spirit do his work. There's no reason to try to force something to happen just to say there's a partnership in place. I want to thank Ken for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you want to learn more about Bent Tree Bible Fellowship, go to benttree.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. The show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.